the, the logic question would be is when are you going to take the step from um, from uh, uh, the analog to the digital Porsche? When are you going to change your uh, Panamera for the, the new Taycan and go electric? No, actually, actually, my Panamera is a hybrid. Oh, it's a hybrid. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Do you ever drive electric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually in the middle. You know, I'm I'm in the middle. This. Yeah. My, can you see my screen? Yeah, of course, I can see right now. Okay, well, we want to talk about your car first. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Let's go. <laughs> How is it to drive a Porsche? Wow, it's nice. It's like it's one of the small results of a difficult work, let's say, like this, because you know, behind the hard work and time, there comes some uh, success. I don't, I don't think it's a big success. But it's one of the pleasant gifts that you can give yourself after working hard, you know, something like this. Yeah, because that's also one of the things uh, I, I, sh I should introduce you first. Uh, you graduated in 2008 in uh, the Ivano Frankivsk Medical University, if I pronounce it right. And you that's went perfect. to Fradiani Academy. Uh, you started the Microvision Academy yourself. And I think the first time that uh, I met you was in 2013 in Belgium. Uh, you gave there the microscopic preparation course uh, at the mm -hmm. practice of Tommy van der Velde. And at that moment, I was already struggling a little bit with my microscope, but you were really an example for me how to do dentistry with a microscope and now really to be precise and to do dentistry on a level that you do is, is such an inspiration. From there on, you, you, you went almost everywhere where you can go as a dentist. You met, I think, almost everyone there is to meet in dentistry from, from masters. And, uh, well, we've seen you on stage. You're, you're, it's an amazing thing, an amazing job that you do. But we are curious about how you reach such a certain level because the reason we started to talk about the car is you once said during the Congress, it was in 2017, I think, work less, produce more, and enjoy life. And I think that's where it comes down to the car as well. How do you, can, can you summarize it a little bit? How do you achieve that? Uh, <clears throat> you know, from the day one, when I started working in dentistry, I, I told to myself that, all my life in future, I'm going to compare myself and I will take an example, only the guys who are the best in the world. Because it's, uh, it's really simple to start feeling yourself like a very strong dentist or whatever you're doing in your local area. If you just compare to someone who is not super strong or who is average level, or who is just starting, then it's very easy to look like a hero in front of the, comparing to that person. But when you always, uh, as an example for yourself, you choose people who are top, 
then whatever you do, you understand that it's not good enough yet. Let's say like this. And it doesn't let you think that you are like a super dentist and you need to stop because you're good already. You're never good enough. That's the point. And uh, that's a very good motivation to move on. You know, first you choose some uh, examples in your country. Afterwards, you choose people on the global stage and they are like teachers as just like an example, you know? And this is why I was always comparing my work to those people. And I always saw that I can do something better. And when you see that you can always do something better, that, you know, that phrase how people say, that you can always be a better version of yourself, it moves you, moves you on. Because if you, again, just want to repeat it one more time, if you start looking at the people who are doing things maybe on the same level or as you, or maybe a little lower level, then you may think yourself that you are like a, you know, a really good one in your profession, you may slow down. And once you slow down, I mean, you're not uh, improving anymore. So that's why until now, I'm still choosing the people who I think are great uh, on the world level. And I'm trying to be like them and to improve myself every single day. And this actually gave me a possibility to improve also my social position, my financial position. It also gave me a chance to open uh, and one more clinic and also to start working in the segment of people who can allow themselves to perform full mouth reconstruction and different difficult cases. The thing is that from the beginning, I was never thinking about money. I'm a really perfectionist in what I'm doing and I was really, and I'm still really enjoying what I'm doing. And the lesson that I also learned, if you do things right, money will come. You don't even know from where, you know? So after, you know how they say, first uh, in your university, you work for your marks and mm -hmm. for your uh, position, how, how the teachers see you. And after that, your name works for you, you know? So this is the same story in dentistry. First, you work hard to learn how to do stuff properly clinically. But after that, when you have some nice cases, um, uh, nice examples to show to your patients, and then it starts working like a, like a snowball. Yeah, 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 I, I can see that. And that's also what, what I, because I started following you, I think it was in 2012 or, or maybe a little bit earlier. And if, if you see, if you look the progression you've made in, in those eight years from now on, it's, it's an, an amazing evaluation that you, that you went through. And I think, so to conclude, it's, following masters every time and you take your step your dentistry higher and higher and higher because you compare your work with theirs right that's the that's how, how would you how would you because not <clears throat> such a long time ago you went fully digital um if we look a little bit at the digital dentistry how how were you able to implement the digital work so quickly uh, you know, comparing to analog, what I mean comparing to analog, if I want to learn analog, I can choose people around the world that I can go to, I can pay for their courses, and in this way, I can save my time and I can get knowledge. I would be really happy to do that also with the digital dentistry when I started it, I think like four or something years ago. But the point was, there was no place to go. I mean, uh, when we speak about full mouth reconstructions with the pure digital workflow, 
when we speak about the aesthetic cases. You know, until that time, what we heard about, the digital you can use for the posterior cases, for some functional things, like in the posterior zone, onlays, overlays, maybe some crowns. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, behind the scenes, digital was like connected to the more average dentistry, not like a high level dentistry. I mean, when people spoke about precision, aesthetic outcome, functional outcome. Uh, but then <clears throat> I decided actually to integrate in our practice and I understood that there is no really place to go to learn a lot. There are some people that are doing some stuff and they can give you some advices, but as a concept of doing full mouth reconstructions, it was, I mean, we had to start from zero with our team let's say like this. I mean, I didn't have the answers. Can I make full mouth reconstructions with the CR position? Can I ra raise vertical dimension of occlusion? Or can I check the lateral intrusion, the protrusion, immediate side shift, and all those functional details with digital dentistry? Or can I make really nice and aesthetic case? You know, uh, my father is a really nice dental technician who is oral design member and who is layering really beautiful. And now we decided to go digital. So we wanted to have result that is not worse than we had in analog, you know. But this is completely normal that when you switch to the new approach, new technology, first thing that happens, your results drop down and your quality drops down. And we all have to understand that and expect that. And then we need some time. For us, it was like, uh, I believe, eight months, six, eight months, I don't remember exactly that we actually closed our clinic for the prosthetic work with the live people. And I told to my lab, listen, now you need to work only with a digital workflow and whatever problem you have, you need to fix it digitally. There is no plan B because you know, usually when people have a plan B, when they face a problem, they, okay, I have a plan B and using the plan B, I, I correct the problem. But this way, then it can take forever to switch to the full digital workflow. And now this last uh, four years, we're doing only digital, where we have uh, uh, about 40 full mouth reconstructions done with the digital workflow. And uh, for us, I mean, I don't want to sound fancy or something, but for us, it's really daily work. It's like nothing special. So because sometimes people are surprised, like we're doing full mouth reconstructions, but you know, my young assistants who work with me, when I say that some pe sometimes people can be surprised about full mouth reconstructions in digital, he looks at me like with the suspicious eyes and he doesn't understand what I'm talking about because mm -hmm. he sees we do it daily and he doesn't understand that it can be surprising for someone. Uh, but again, it's a workflow because some people think that if they buy the new technology, the instruments, that the next day they become a digital dentist. They become a dentist with new technology but without understanding what to do with this technology. I mean, it's like, you know, I've never done surgery myself. It's like if I go tomorrow to the surgery room and I start doing the soft tissue uh, procedures or putting implants or bone grafts or something like this, you know, mm -hmm. I have no knowledge of this. And if I buy new implants and if I buy new tools, it doesn't make me a good surgeon, you know, <laughs> that's not yeah. enough. So, yeah. yeah, so this is, this will so, change. So how do you how do you determine whether new digital technologies could fit inside your protocol? What someone's some something like a, a module for like a digital plane reg registration? How do you determine whether that can be part of your protocol? <clears throat> well, first of all, it was just testing. So basically, we couldn't have the answer. It's going to be 
there was a risk. It was a risk investing in technology, but still not understanding what technology can give us. But I'll, you know, um, I'll be honest with you, but I had so much trust in this technology that I believed that in the end of the story, we should have good results. I just believed in this. So first, of course, the results were not good. The precision was not good. It was over contouring of restorations. So we didn't know how the materials look optically because uh, layering is one thing. And when you have monolithic restorations, we didn't know how to combine those monolithic restorations. For example, maybe on one tooth I need zirconium, on another tooth I need Emacs, on another tooth I need Empress. Because you cannot just choose A1 for all the three materials and they have the same result. It doesn't work like this. Mm. Or when you combine different types of materials in digital, you often use different colors for each material so you make them look the same in the end of the story. Because, for example, zirconium with a bigger thickness will look brighter. I mean, those, there are many clinical details. So just uh, <clears throat> summarizing the answer to this question, when we started to work and then after six, eight months, we already started to work with the real patients. First, we started with some aesthetic cases. So like six veneers, 10 veneers, to see that we have the result. Afterwards, we switched to the full mouth reconstructions. With the full mouth reconstructions, we already had a possibility to scan the CR position. We also had a possibility to match with the uh, CT. We can export the CT in STL format, and we can actually use it for in the software for modeling the uh, teeth, the smiles, and the final results. In addition, nowadays, even with a simple phone, we can actually create the face scans that we can also integrate in the software. So more and more tools are coming. Because the articulator came out of the protocol and the Facebook came out of the protocol, things like um, scanning the occlusion, I tried to reduce the risks as much as possible. What I mean, for example, we didn't trace the vertical dimension of occlusion uh, in the software. I raised the video with the patient and yep. I scanned that position right away. So the, the dental technician, the cut designer, already received the proper video. So yes. all that they had to do was just to fill the distance between the upper and lower teeth. And today we can also, of course, even scan the movements of the mandibula. I mean, the protrusion, the lateral protrusion. So it also helps us to enhance the protocol. Yeah, and, and to go a little bit deeper into that aspect, <clears throat> I get you mainly use for uh, estimating the right vertical dimension. You use uh, the leaf gauge um, for bright registration in CR. Do you, uh, what do you use when you use something like a Koisty programmer? Uh, do you also put that in and then scan the byte with the Koisty programmer in? Or how do you manage something uh, when using uh, a Koisty programmer in the digital uh, uh, workflow? No, uh, the COSD programmer I prefer to use for the patients who have a, a strong programming of the muscles. Mm -hmm. For example, when I use the bilateral manipulation, I cannot move the mandibula. So in that case, I understand that I'm not confident that I'm going to have a CR position if I go right away with the lead gauge. So then I give a COSD programmer for about like three, four weeks to a patient. They use it during the night. Mm -hmm. And I mean, after that, they come with a deprogrammer and then we register the CR position because uh, usually what even the patients say, they, they call me and they say, hey, Dr. Nazari, I feel like my muscles became softer. So, and many, by the way, many of the patients who had problems in programming of the muscles, 
uh, after using Core SD programmer or during even using Core SD programmer, they don't want to take it out. They say that they feel so much better with their muscles that they feel comfortable with the D programmer 24 seven estimate. So then after a few weeks, they come and then I can use whatever I want. I can use lead gauge, I can use LucidJig, but for the video, I prefer to use the lead gauge. Yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. And you also talked about um, the digital face bow and Mart and I were uh, talking about uh, implementing a digital face bow. What system do you use for the digital <laughs> plane registration? Uh, I'll tell you like this, 90% of my cases I've done using as a reference photography. Okay. By now, 90% of my cases, full market constructions, I've done with this. Clinically, I have uh, nice results. I mean, as usually can be some one tooth maybe chipping, then you correct. I mean, this is like um, not, a, not a problem. But clinically, it works. Because what you have to do, you want to transfer the plane over the patient. Just like you have with, with a Facebook. That's mm -hmm. the point. So that's why I know how, how the plane goes. And this is how I position the head of the patient when I take a picture of the patient, the portrait, to match the portrait with the intraoral scan. Now, additionally to this, to be more precise, we can use the export of the CT, the STL file, and we can combine the CT with the position of the maxilla. To be more precise, and to have proper distancing of the maxilla according to the uh, TMJ. Additionally, we can now use even the simple Bellus software to scan the face, then to match with the intraoral scan and to match with the CT that we take as STL file. So now it's getting even more and more precise. But again, I want to repeat, but even without these tools, previously, I was using as a reference picture of front and two positions of 45 degrees, and we had nice results. I cannot say that we were missing something. We didn't feel that the result went worse uh, without using the Facebook, like normal Facebook. Again, I'm not doing any science. I'm not doing research. I'm speaking now from the point of view of the clinician. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally have the same experience with that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, when looking at your your photos, I mean, on on Facebook and on Instagram, you really have very very nice pictures of in my opinion, very thin uh, veneers, digital made veneers. <laughs> um, my dental technician says that's not possible or he cannot achieve that even if I ask him to do it with Empress. What is your father doing? Is he doing something like a cutback or, or, or how does he achieve something that it's so, that it's so precise and so thin? Can, can you explain a little bit about that? that uh, it's all possible you can you can tell your dental technician not to worry it's possible we can show it live that's not a problem i mean whatever we do i can always i always say doesn't matter if i do it good or i do it right but i can do it i mean the way how you see it this is the way how it's possible if it's not possible we don't do it it's like simple answer 
And uh, the only thing where dental technician can actually use his hands to work with the restorations is the case when the margin is thinner than 0.3 millimeters. So if a margin is like, for example, 0.1, and you want to mill and press, mm -hmm. then you're over milling, and after you're reducing, but only in the marginal zone. When we speak about the body of the restoration, the milling machine can easily mill in the middle of restoration 0.2, 0.3 millimeters. When we speak about the marginal zone, has to be minimum 0.3 millimeters. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I, I will discuss with my dental technician. <laughs> I mean, I mean <clears throat> again, uh, we are very simple with this because whatever we do, we can show it in front. I mean, this is why we do live patient courses because, you know, people can see pictures, people can see videos, but in the end of the story, people want to see how you do it live in front of them. And when they see how you do it live in front of them, then they finally believe until the end, you know? They, yeah, they, they really become believers then. Huh? <laughs> yeah, this is how, you know, usually when you do a live patient course, and I received the final restorations. And you know, this moment when I removed the provisionals and under my microscope with a huge magnification, I started putting each restoration one by one with the dry fit. And then when people see it on the huge screen, then they you know, finally believe that the digital dentistry can be precise. Wow, wow, good. But that's normal, you know, people always like, you know, People always prefer, prefer to be suspicious first, but then they believe it's yeah. normal. Yeah, I see. I see. Well, we, we were, I was also, you may, one of the things that you really stand out from the crowd is your digital work. That's one thing. We, we discussed that already, but also the way you uh, present your dentistry. I think it's really unique how you make your videos, how you show what you're doing in your daily practice and how you communicate with those videos. Can you tell something about how you, how you were able, how are you able to, to, uh, to post so many, so beautiful videos? I mean, do you have someone that's there in your practice to film everything or, or how do you, how did you manage that? How do you achieve something like that? Uh, yes, because you know, <clears throat> when I, when I went to the, to the lectures myself at the beginning, and when I saw some videos in some of the presenters, for me, it was the most informative way to learn. Because, you know, we all know that in one second of video, we have 24 pictures at least. So that means that in one video of one minute, the person who can look properly will see a lot of information, not just the procedure that's happening, but how a system is working, where the doctor is sitting, where is microscope position, and many, many more things. This is why, you know perfectly, we always combine a few cameras, not only what's going on in the patient's mouth, but also the ergonomic view, so the participants can have, first of all, a feeling of the presence during the treatment of the patient, plus they can see how it's all happening around the patient, in cooperation with the assistant. At the beginning, I was doing all the videos myself. 
I learned how to use Final Cut Pro, iMovie, how to make a video studio, how to do all that stuff. But then eventually when, when the practice grows and you have more patience, of course you can manage everything yourself. Plus, you know, with every year, your energy is not growing up. It's reducing, you know? <clears throat> so that's why, yeah, even I can say that, be 33. And uh, that's why, yeah. Uh, that's why I uh, started to build a team. And uh, now basically we document all of our cases. So the point, my goal when I'm doing a case, each case, I imagine that this case will be shown to the audience. And then this is super cool for everybody. For me, because I get the material that I can use uh, either for lectures or for demonstrating my future patients. And also it's a big benefit for my patients because if I know that the dentists are gonna see this material, mm -hmm. it's, this material is supposed to be a nice quality, you know? So that's why a winner is everybody. And uh, I have a nice video team. Uh, they are helping me with all the videos. They know dentistry very well. They know all the steps, scanning, pre-scanning, designing and everything. Just like more than, more than dentists probably, uh, many of them. And uh, yeah, so the documents, they uh, edit all the video. They just send me to confirm all the details. And we take pictures, of course, of all the steps, additionally to the videos. So I can tell you, I have like, uh, I don't know, maybe now 60 cases that I didn't even edit yet. So we, we, we were joking that if we stop doing cases uh, today, we will have new material for the next 10 years minimum. I mean, to present with, you know, because, no, really, because there is so much multimedia information. And that's why now when we have, I have 30 days off to stay at home, I have time to check all that stuff, you know, and this is how. Plus video, it's a good way to control yourself. I mean, the quality, because when you check the video, you see your mistakes, you see what you can do better. And for the next case, you can actually be a better version of yourself as we spoke already, you know, that's the point. And plus I enjoy because when I'm showing this much videos, first of all, it's interesting for audience to see how the whole process is going on. Plus it's interesting for me and uh, to see that lecture, you know, it's. It's more exciting, people love action. I'm trying to, to give even some difficult stuff. I'm trying to show it as an easy stuff. You know, I remember I had a few times uh, people stopping me and there was one guy and he stopped me. He said, Nazari, you will not fool me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I tried doing case like this one. It's not so easy as you're showing. I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I know. But I mean, I, I cannot show you a case and say, don't try doing this at home or something like this, you know? So that's why, yes, you know, this way, I think we also motivate people. I had another story you know, during one of my lectures, after one of my lectures in Kiev, one of the participants came over to me and he said, you know, my son is finishing school and I'm a dentist. And I told myself that I don't want my son to be a dentist because it's a very difficult profession. But now when I saw your lecture and I saw how interesting and exciting can be dentistry and enjoyable, I'm telling you that my son is going to dental school. So, you know, imagine even with this simple lecture, uh, we managed to change somebody's life because the guy was not going to be a dentist. I mean, his son, but now he's going to be a dentist, you know? So that's why I think in every profession, we can find benefits and positive emotion. This is important. 
in every position we can find positive emotions. Even now, some people stay at home, they say, oh my God, I'm gonna die, it's so boring. I mean, la, 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 la. What I wrote on my Instagram today, listen, you can use your time for self-education. Like, I was watching some webinars about uh, how to use uh, Adobe Lightroom to work with the group of the images for, to make the same white balance. You know, so it's, it's a great time for self-education that we never had before. So again, it depends on the person. So the, the same about dentistry. I'm trying to make it as enjoyable as possible. And this is what I wish to everybody. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. It's, it's how you use the time that is available now at the moment. Do you, do you, um, do you agree if we go over one of your movies? I, I put on, I share the screen and we go to uh, one of your uh, Facebook movies. Um, let me have a look there. And uh, there we go. And maybe you can you can tell something about about it if 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 that's okay. Um, yeah, that actually was one of my patients. Uh, she that, that girl is from Kiev, and uh, she's doing some modeling and stuff. And uh, she had a passive eruption. You can see, especially for the frontal teeth, and she had the wear of the frontal teeth. And this is why we started with the design first. I scanned her. We also checked with the CT the level of her bone. So we understood that to correct the smile, we need not only to correct the soft tissue, but also to correct the bone level. So first I did the preparation through the mock-up, just like you see on this video. I was really minimally invasive. We cut like, 0.5 millimeters on the incisal edge and like 0.2 millimeters on the surface. Why? Because we were additional. Then I corrected the soft tissue. After this, I did finish the preparation. I did the final scanning. And only after doing the final scanning, I was using the sonic instrument to correct the bone level, flapless. And then I went on with the provisionals with this bisacrylic looks at them. Then we sent the scan to the lab. It was also my life patient during the course. Uh, he matched, as you can see here, the intraoral scan with the portrait picture and made the final design. On the day three, I received the final restorations. There were 10 M-Press units. I went on with the etching, we tried it in, checked the value, tried with the trine material. Then I went on with the isolation, each tooth separately. I didn't want any bleeding or saliva. I etched the restorations, as, as you see. I used some sealant. I used the adhesive system, both on the tooth and also on the ceramics. Some air, not to have a thick layer of the adhesive. Then the composite material, I used the viral link. I checked the precision, light cure, used uh, the blade to remove all the excess under microscope. And this is how the patient looked after half a year after bonding. And there is her smile. Wow. Yeah, well, quick tour, a quick tour yeah, around very our quick, Very quick, very quick. I, I love those Impressive. <laughs> I had well, to move I, because video was short, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you mentioned um, that the, the, the veneers um, you make are monolithic and you use a concept called 3D staining. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, on the 3D staining? 3D staining uh, is actually when you create some effects with the special stains. And the thing is that it's also a very discussable moment with the patient. 
What we notice, some patients want to have a nice natural result with more effects, and many of the patients actually want minimum staining. You know, Empress uh, material, this is probably the first material that I can say with confidence that looks better in real life than on the pictures. Yes, and I'm sure people who tried using Empress, they can confirm. Because in real life, Empress is a really nice fluorescence. It's like natural dentition. So when we speak about like uh, speaking distance, like at one meter, one and a half, those restorations, they just fade in in the smile. And if, if you use, for example, like B1 or A1 color, it's really difficult to understand that those restorations are fake, that those are not real teeth. For people who want to have more effects, again, I just tell to my father to stain more intensively, and then they can have more like transparent part, more mamelons and stuff like this. So again, we can create the result that looks maximum natural, or we can make it not so intense if the patient does want. And usually the staining for 10 units takes about two hours. So imagine if in the analog workflow, the dental technician needs like almost one day to make 10 units layering, when we speak about like false paddock ceramics, here after the milling machine finishes working, the dental technician needs only like two hours to stain. The rest of his day, he can enjoy his life. <laughs> That's where we started with. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Wonderful. Wonderful. You mentioned uh, during, during the video, you mentioned um, the, the, the flapless bone reduction um, you, that you perform after you um, um, shaped your, your pink aesthetics, then you correct the bone. Could you tell a little bit more about how you, how you perform that treatment? Usually I use it for the frontal teeth and in cases when I don't have a very thick bone. So basically we analyze the CT to make sure that the bone is not too bulky because if the bone is too bulky, there is a risk to make some craters, you know, in, yeah. in the bone. Mm -hmm. So, or to make a hole between the tooth and the bone. And then you think you did a crown lengthening, but afterwards the bone will restore and you will have a violation of biological width. So I'm making sure that the bone is not too thick, then I can use it. Maximum that I went uh, for some cases was even the premolar zone. But again, I just have to make sure that I reduce the whole thickness of the bone. That I don't create the hole between the tooth, one repeat, and the bone. If I see on the CT that we have more bulky bone, of course, it's much better to open the flap, do like a classic approach in crown lengthening, suture, and then finish. All right. Now, what we do quite often, we have some cases that we first finalize the case, and then we perform the correction of the bone. Yeah, that's what, that's so what we way, call a little bit the, the Dr. Appa style. Dr. Appa style, yeah, I didn't know. Because he does it all the time. And <laughs> yeah, but we, we have these cases and they work pretty well. I mean, if you control the, uh, the dimension. And if your case is not the case where you change dramatically the color. Because if you change from A3 to bleach 3, 
then it can be risky because if the soft tissue goes up in some zones, mm -hmm. then you have to redo the restoration. But if you're, you know, doing something like maximum natural, like you're using B1 or A1 color, then even, even if you have like 0.2 millimeters somewhere, recession is uh, not any, any problem, let's say like this. All right. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. We, we also were discussing a little bit because I talked to you um, in, I think it was then the, the first or the second time, and I don't remember, we talked about the T-scan. And at that time, you, you didn't use it. Um, have, you, have you been implementing the T-scan now at this, at this time in your digital workflow? Or do you think with the new development of the trios with the patient-specific motion and, and all that kind of stuff that you have enough information analyzing after reconstruction, the, the, the bite situation, and the, so the occlusion and articulation with the with the trios, do you, do you do something like that? Well, I think uh, that T scan is like additional tool that people can use. In my practice, I don't have it. Uh, in my practice, I use uh, a few different tools. Uh, first of all, of course, I use additionally a scan. The scan can show me where I have the super contacts. In addition, I can use a classic approach having the leaf gauge the um, uh, articulation paper and mm -hmm. check where I have the super contacts, just like with the patient who comes the first time for the analysis. So when all the restorations are in the patient's mouth, the same way I can use the leaf gauge and find some super contacts with the eight micron articulation paper on the ceramic restorations and equilibrium. I can do it both in the horizontal position and then check additionally in the sitting position because you know, uh, it's impossible. I mean, let's be honest. People cannot close twice in the same in the same uh, position. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is kind of uh, almost impossible. Let's say it like this. And when people stand on one leg, it's a different position. On another leg, it's a different position. With the hands like this, it's another different position. So we all know that that the occlusion is dynamic, and uh, we have to make it maximum comfortable and correct to the patient checking it in different positions. Mostly I work in a horizontal position according to Panky Dawson School. But again, additionally, what I see now from my clinical practice, it's also really good to check it all in the sitting position. Because then we have a slightly movement to the protrusion of the mandibula. And I'm checking, I don't want the lower teeth to be locked with the frontal teeth because what I had in the past when I was working only in horizontal position, sometimes in the future when the patient came later on after one, two months, I had to slightly equilibrate the lower incisors to give more freedom in the anterior guidance. This is the point. So now not to wait those few months and not to risk, I recheck this both in horizontal and also in the sitting position, I mean the occlusion. So again, I cannot say that you know, my tools are most proper or for somebody with T-scanning most proper. Those are different tools, and I think we just need to use those that work fine in our hands. That's the point. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes, com makes complete sense in my, in, 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 in my point of view. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's time to wrap up a little bit, and uh, because you, you're going to present the slides as well, and we're going to make a nice video out of that. But just to, to know some things why, because you're so 
um, um, motivated and you have so much passion in your job. I just wanted to know and to share with everyone else, what is it that you love dentistry so much? And people who have may, might have difficulties loving their job or loving their dentistry, can you explain what, what's motivating you and what is it in dentistry that you, that you really love? You know, uh, many people are asking why I became a prosthodontist. Uh, I think all the parts of dentistry are very important. But my choice of the prosto was because I could clearly see how I can change my patients. That's the point. You know, when, when I can look at the picture, the portrait picture before and after, and I can see two different people. And this is the moment when you enjoy what you're doing. And this is the moment when you can share this result with the other patient. This is the moment that you can share results with your colleagues. This is the point. The dentistry is a very interesting community because everybody is communicating so much. You can have a feedback. You can learn a lot. This, this is the point. I think that people have to understand one thing. If they chose to become a dentist, now they have to set their mind to love this job if they don't love it yet to start enjoying it this this is the point you know if you want to make it more interesting buy the microscope if you want to make it even more interesting buy a scanner you know the point many people ask me why i bought a scanner and one of the reason was because i slightly bored i got slightly bored with what i was doing because for me it became kind of a routine work same stuff every single day this is why i needed some something new some new step in dentistry. So that was a digital dentistry. It made my mind work. It made me learn one more time. Because to make it exciting, we need to learn something new all the time. And when we get this new information, we enjoy it. When you are good in doing uh, some specific procedure and you're doing it 30 years, of course you're super bored because your day looks completely the same. I mean, every single day. That's why we need to create new goals for ourselves. People ask, where do I get the motivation? I get it from my head. You know, I wake up every single morning and I set for myself a goal. What else I want to reach? Many years ago, I was looking at the successful, I'm still looking at the successful dentists. And I thought, but there was one day when they graduated also. They were not born with the three written books and they were not born world known. That's the point. And this is why our success is in our hands. When I, you know, when, um, um, when I started working, I had a present for my parents. It was a car, Toyota Celica. It was like a small two-door car from Toyota, kind of sporty. It was already like a big dream for me. And uh, of course, those days I couldn't even dream of Porsche that you were showing at the beginning, you know? But again, Porsche, I'm, I'm thinking more globally. It's not like a global dream. It's just a small aim. Yeah. But then working hard, it gave me a chance to reach that small aim that I couldn't even dream many years ago. Yes, between the dollar and uh, between, sorry, between the couch and your butt, the dollar doesn't fly. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> did, your, did your father... Did your father, I, I think your father was kind of an example for you, right? It should, it should have been because 
he had he has achieved such a high level in in his field in his uh, um, dental as a dental technician he has in my opinion he has reached the highest level you you can you can get as a dental technician did did he how was it for you to have um uh, did he play some kind of an example role for you you know <clears throat> many people know us as a team already now uh, the way how we work we have clinics labs and uh, study center stuff like this but it was not like this always we started from the completely different position when my father became a dental technician being 32 32 years old it was by accident it was by accident because they opened the faculty and he was drawing quite nice and he decided to go and try and there were so many nights during many years that I saw when I was sleeping, being still in, in the school. And my father was working overnights, 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 because he wanted his family to live better. So when I saw this every single day, when it was a time for me to choose uh, who I'm going to become, I was not even thinking. I understood that I have to continue what my father was doing, you know, because I knew it would be... Um, a good feeling for him to see that his son is actually continuing what he started. And this is from one side, I try to support him. From another side, I'm super happy that he's always supporting me with my new start. So when I said, okay, let's go and try to use full ceramic restorations <clears throat> in 2011, he said, okay, let's go, let's try. He said, I said, let's go digital to the person who was layering 20 years. I said, let's go digital, monolithic, oral design. And then, you know, uh, he was like, okay, let's go. You know, this is why maybe, you know, this is why we managed to cooperate nicely together. Many people say, but how do you cooperate? Because you're a family. It's usually very difficult to have a business inside of the family. You know, what is our rule? Our rule is do your best for another person. So that means that because many of you maybe don't know, but our whole family, me, my sister, my father, my mom, my sister's husband, we are all in one business everywhere. And we never argue about anything because we always think how other people can benefit from us adding something to the business. And when everybody is adding something to the business, in the end of the story, it's successful. That's the point. When people think only about their own success, then it's becoming difficult because they don't think about others. So this is why we never have a problem as a team, me and my father. I have a big respect to him, not just because he is my father, but again, he is a great professional. And the thing that he is doing, he was doing in analog and now he is doing in digital. I mean, without him, I don't know if we had this conversation right now. Oh. Wow. So the, the logic question would be is when are you going to take the step from um, from uh, uh, the analog to the digital Porsche? When are you going to change your uh, Panamera for the, the new Taycan and go electric? No, actually, actually, my Panamera is a hybrid. Oh, it's a hybrid. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Do you ever so drive I'm, electric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually in the middle. You know, I'm in, I'm in the middle of this. Yeah. All right. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the infrastructure in my country to get better for the electric cars. And then, you know, the first 80 Taycans in Ukraine were sold even before arriving. They didn't, so, you know, they didn't ask you if, if you wanted one? 
No, no, they have, of course, I know, I know everything about the new Taycan, but again, just now when they especially, you know, I have one clinic in Kiev, another one is in one of our front Kiev's, and the distance is about 700 kilometers. That's why now only one charge is not enough to get from this point to another point. So in the future, when they get a bigger battery, of course, when, right. when, they, became, when they start working as good as we have three-shaped scanners nowadays, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep you to that. Yeah. Well, I, thanks a lot for, for this great interview. Um, it's really an honor to have you in our, uh, in our cast in our um in, in on our new platform and it's it's been an honor to to be able to ask you all those personal questions I, and i really admire again i admire your work and i think you're one of the examples in dentistry one of the examples that well you mentioned that you had masters where you looked to and where you improved your work and I think for, for us, you are one of those masters where we want to try to achieve the level of work that you do. We, we are not there. We, are, we have a long way to go, but, but still, you're, you're an example for you, us. You, from what I'm seeing online, you're doing super great. Yeah, well, thank you. But uh, still, I have a lot, I have a lot to learn. And, and I really want to go. All of us. All of me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And I really want mm. to go to your uh, Graal, uh, Graal uh, resort uh, to come once at, at your um, hands-on clinic and, and, and to get to know all the, all the details about, uh, about your... You're life. always welcome. Okay. Thanks a lot. And um, I hope to have you next year in the Netherlands. Uh, so we won't have any problems with the coronavirus. And then we will do some uh, rocking two-day hands-on uh, for the Dutch dentists uh, who are uh, working digitally. Yeah, thank you too for the invitation. And I just want to say the final few words for the listeners that uh, remember your success is completely in your hands don't wait until tomorrow because each day that you lose you will not get it back that's the point always set the huge goals you know I'm, i was joking in the past um, make a goal to become the best dentist in the world so if on that way you become the best in europe it's not that bad you know do you agree <laughs> totally <laughs> okay thank totally. you again thank you for this invitation I hope, I hope you're going to enjoy now uh, my presentation. I chose a uh, quite interesting case. It, it's a combination of the prosto and also, also perio. And also it shows all the steps of the digital workflow. And I'm sure many of you already are using digital very successfully. Uh, maybe you're going to have some, and you're going to find some tips and tricks in the following videos. I hope you will enjoy. And uh, again, I welcome you all to Ambition Study Resort in Ukraine to see it all live with the patient. Perfect. Okay. Thank Great. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>